Hello, thank you so much for tuning in today. So today I wanted to talk about things that I wish I knew prior to going with the midwife that I went to and also um, a couple of things that I wish I would have looked into. So my previous um, video I spoke about uh, things to look out for and things that I wish I would have done different. One of those things was to hire a doula. So, <clears throat> a doula for me is someone who is a support person, um, someone who's going to advocate for you, someone who is going to kind of walk you through the process of your pregnancy leading up to when you are actually in labor. And I actually will be interviewing a doula who is also one of my friends and I'm looking forward to asking her great questions and for her to give um, in-depth knowledge of things that we that I might not even have known and offer that to you so you're able to make um, your own your own your own choices on what works for you. The reason why I felt like a doula could have been beneficial for me was during the once I went into labor. I'm gonna go into I'm gonna do a full story on my um, my birthing story, but. I just want to like focus on this because of how important it was. Um, so once I went into labor, I felt as if it was just my husband and I. Um, we didn't have that support that my midwife made it seem that she was going to give us. She was a com she did a complete one eighty from when we were at the office to when we got to the hospital. Her bedside manner was just completely different from what we expected. There was a couple of hiccups along the way, um, but we thought that she was she was like fine. You know, she she did have some great tips and tools to help um, throughout the pregnancy, but I felt as if she kind of was a little um, like shysty when it came down to like being completely truthful. And especially because it was my first pregnancy, um, you don't know what to expect. Everyone's journey is so different. So me going into it, I, I thought that this midwife, because she was older, she seemed to have years of experience, years of knowledge. Um, I felt as if she would have guided me and um, been that right person. After going through that experience and knowing what I know now, I understand that what she did was just like jacked up, honestly. Um, so I actually came across this awesome midwife that I follow on TikTok. Um, I'll, I'll actually add her name below too because she posted a video um, with questions that you can ask a midwife when you are interviewing a midwife. I chose to go the midwife route. Everyone, I recommend you do your own research and so you're able to make an informed decision um but i chose that route because i wanted a more intimate um type of uh like interactions um and i started out with an ob you know regular OBGYN, and i just didn't get that soft you know lovey-dovey feeling that i would guess i was hoping for when you think about pregnancy you know, there's just so much, um, like build up for becoming a mom and getting pregnant and there's just so much pressure on top of that. So when you go into it, you think that 
um, you're going to have someone who has access to all this information who's going to give it to you. Um, but if you don't know what questions to ask because you've never experienced something in the past, how do you know what to ask the, the professional? How, what do you know? How do you know, um, what's the right questions, how to prepare yourself for, you know, the inevitable of giving birth to a baby. So, and preparing yourself for that. There's just so much that goes into it. And I don't think that, um, the way that our community is set up, it's not how it used to be back way back when the way that our ancestors used to do things in preparing a mother, um, to become a mother and also supporting her through community, through village. And, um, that's what I'm here to hopefully to help with that process. So a couple of questions for midwife would be, I will also, um, post the questions in my description below. These were a couple of questions that the creator that I, uh, follow on, on uh, TikTok posted. And then there are other questions that I thought of and came up with and also did some research and found. So, um, okay. So a couple of questions, I'm going to link them below that I thought were very great questions to ask. Um, honestly, and you can also ask this of, doesn't necessarily have to be a midwife. It could also be, uh, an OBGYN, the person who you go see during your, uh, prenatal appointments. Uh, okay. How many births do you attend a year? I asked my midwife, the, my, the current midwife that I'm working with right now, this question, um, because she also works part of a collective, a team where, uh, if she is not the person on call, another midwife would be the one, uh, coming to help with the delivery. Um, what is the hospital transfer rate? If you are choosing to give birth in a birthing center, which is what I am doing, uh, this is a great question to ask because you want to know what, you know, what's the rate? Like if I'm going to your birthing center to give birth, I'm trusting that I'm going to give birth there, hoping everything goes well. Uh, but in the event, if something does go away, what's the rate? Uh, in what situation would you push for a transfer? what is, what am I going through as the mother? Um, what, what scenarios or situations have risen up in the past that has caused for them to push, to transfer you to the hospital complications, you know, things of that nature. What's your view or your, the team's view, uh, the, or the hospital's view on my partner catching a baby and cutting the umbilical cord? This was an important question for me because, uh, with my first birth, um, my midwife was like all about it. She was like, yes, of course you, you'll be able to, to be a part of that and reassured my husband and myself that, that he would be able to do those things and especially cutting the umbilical cord. Like who doesn't envision that as a parent, as a father, that you're able to cut the, your, you know, your baby's umbilical cord. And, um, she was all about it. And when I gave birth, she literally refused to let him do it. And she did it herself. She not only, he wasn't part of catching the baby, um, which he was okay with that part, but it was the not being able to cut the umbilical cord. Um, you know, these are all things that you're thinking about throughout this entire pregnancy. 
and it's it's sad it's sad that you're not able to be able to you know to have that moment um so that that's a very important question for me and for my partner once i go into labor and arrive at the center how soon do i expect the arrival so that's a great question because um when i go into my my birthing story on, on fuller detail uh, when I had originally spoke with my midwife, she was all about, um, you know, not rushing to the hospital and, and laboring at home and, you know, being very pro, like take your time, you need, you know, rest, take a nice bath, drink a glass of red wine. I'm not making any medical claims. This is just what was discussed between me and my uh, practitioner. Um, but that did not happen when my water broke. I called her because uh, she told me to just at least inform her and that they would triage me over the phone, but that never happened. She literally was insistent on me coming to the hospital and they had to set me up to put me on to monitor the baby, etc., etc. So I was a little taken aback, um, especially because leading up to the point of my water breaking, everything was well i would i did well in all my testing like everything on paper was going according to me having a successful you know natural birth um but the way she pressed for me to head to the hospital mind you this is at like one in the morning i was just kind of like huh you know i in my mind i had planned on literally taking a nice bath having a glass of wine relaxing a little bit as much as I could in the comfort of my own home and because I lived literally five minutes away from the hospital I felt that that would have been best for me but I didn't listen to that I took her what she told me to do and we wound up going to the hospital um, at that time in the morning and to sit in the waiting room for legit like two hours before I even got into a room. So to say that my whole start of my birthing experience was just like annoying AF, that was definitely one of those situations that now I'm like, okay, this is a question that I need to ask. Um, another question is, what is the cesarean rate? That is something you can also research on your own if you're choosing to give birth in a hospital. Um, that's all public data and it should be on their website. You can look those things up. Uh, but you can also speak with your practitioner about it and ask them what the rate is. They Because every every practitioner is different. Um, the hospital does it as a collective, as a whole. So ask the person that you're dealing with um, to know what their cesarean rate is. Because some every practitioner is different. There are some practitioners who are willing to work with you and make you comfortable and really push for a natural delivery. Um, and then there are practitioners who want to just push you along to go get a C-section. And um, there's nothing wrong with giving birth uh, via cesarean. But for myself personally, I, if I can avoid that by any means possible, I, I want to do that because that is a serious, serious, serious surgery and I don't think a lot of people even understand the seriousness of a cesarean and what the mother's body is going through it's it I, you know I have friends who have given birth via cesarean and 
till this day, years, years upon years later, they still get super emotional about it because of how traumatic it was. Um, and not only the, and I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, not only this, the cesarean itself, but also the recovery. Mothers don't even have that support when you deliver naturally with no tearing, you know, like the, you go through the route that most people dream of having and you don't even get, you don't get to, you don't get support. Barely get seen, checked yourself after giving birth. It's it's all about the baby, right? So imagine having layers upon layers of your body being cut through to get this baby, this baby out. And it's very minimal upkeep after for the mom. And it's not fair. It's not fair that mothers have to go through these traumatic birthing stories and not have that support. So for me, that's an important question. Obviously, there's a reason there's emergency C-sections and I'm grateful that they, we have these procedures in place to to do this, but it is a good question to ask. How do you approach the use of tools and interventions in the labor process? And what is your philosophy on this? Um, some practitioners would absolutely jump right to using um, tools and interventions. <coughs> oh my God, excuse me. I'm getting over a cold, hence the stuff he knows. Um, so the, the, this was the big reason why I decided to go with a midwife because I want absolutely the least amount of interventions and use of tools as possible. I think it's important to advocate for yourself and understand all the ways of um, that people have access, you know, these practitioners have access to uh, utilize on you while you're going through labor. Uh, one of them is breaking the water when they stick the hook up and pull it out. Um, a lot, or like the suction cup or um, the vacuum. There's just like so many different things, uh, and that's why I think uh, having a doula alongside you to advocate for you is also super important. Um, it's it's especially important uh, when you're a woman of color. The way that our our where we live, the maternal the maternal death rate is high the highest with um, black women, and the last thing that you want to think about when you're going into labor is that at the end of it you're not leaving the hospital. So there needs to be someone there who's going to advocate for you. Um, and if you can't have that advocating for yourself, even if it's telling your partner and I made sure to tell my partner, I was like, X, Y, Z, these are the things that I'm okay with. These are the things that I am not okay with. And like, this is what I need you to say and do and all that. And we literally planned it out. Um, it's, it's, it's a, all around it's, it just was something that in this, when I was there at the hospital, I was freaking out because I felt as if, <laughs> I just felt as if uh, it was just kind of like you're in a factory and it's like, all right, let's get this baby out kind of thing. Luckily for me, I did have a nurse who was amazing, who she came in and she was helping me move the correct way, move my body from side to side and, you know, um, facilita facilitating those ways of me being able to uh, dilate and eventually giving birth. 
Um, let's see. What are your routine newborn procedures immediately following the birth, a.k.a. what are their thoughts on skin-to-skin, the delayed cord clamping, uh, the newborn exam, etc., etc.? Uh, for myself, it was very important for me to have skin-to-skin. I did want the delayed cord clamping um, and, I, and the newborn exam. I was hoping for it to be after having some time with the baby. Um, those initial first moments, you've, you've held this baby inside of you for nearly 10 months. And for you to not be able to hold your baby after pushing him out or, you know, the baby coming out in general, it's one of the saddest um, experiences. So that is definitely something that was super important to me. Um, So uh, (laughs) those are questions that I for sure wanted to ask. Um, Those are just a handful of questions that I had set aside uh, that I think are great questions and tools in even choosing a a practitioner um and for the beginning stages of advocating for yourself and for your baby because that's essentially what you're doing uh and the staff knowing and understanding that you are going to advocate for yourself you have to remember you are the client you're hiring these people to help you deliver this baby it's not the other way around So for people giving you pushback or making you seem as if you're crazy for asking these questions, find someone else. Because I know that (laughs) I went through, I had an OBGYN for my first and I wound up going, deciding to go with midwife because it was just like, I didn't like the experience. And then for the second, currently pregnant, I went into a office, a local office here um, by where I live and it was just terrible. It was, just, it was like an even worse experience than the first time. So I moved out of that office and I'm now driving a half an hour away to go to a whole different office um, to ensure that I'm able to have a better experience than the first one I had. Um, oh, another good question would be, what's the relationship that the practitioner has with the hospital. Um, and that was a question that I asked because I am going to be at a, a birthing center. So knowing how close the hospital is, um, how long do you stay? How long is the post-op? You know, what after you give birth, how long do you stay in the space for? Is it overnight? Is it one, one night, two nights? What is it? So th- those are all great questions to ask. Uh, and yeah, so with that being said, I just wanted to get on here and just talk quickly about that, the importance of a doula and the questions to ask when interviewing your midwife or OBGYN. And then um, the next, my next video will be on my birth story. I gave birth four years ago, well, almost four years ago, and I still get emotional talking about it. And right now I can't even breathe. So I'm going to wait to record that video once I'm in a better space, um, physically. And then emotionally, I think it's something that it's easier to talk about now compared to what it was. Um, and I think that it's, a a, a good experience to tell because I know I'm not alone in this journey. Every, everyone's birth story is so different. 
And um, I think it's a great tool to talk about for transparency purposes um, for other people who are deciding to that they want to become mothers and go through the process. And I think that the more we talk about these things, the more it helps us better prepare ourselves, but also it helps for future parents to be where they now know how to advocate for themselves. And when you know how to advocate for yourself, things can change. There are things that, that leaves room and space for things to change because if you're not putting up with some, some shit, things have to shift. Things have to change because there's going to come a point where more and more people are going to understand what's there, what's to come, how to prepare themselves. And, um, yeah. So (laughs) if you have any questions, leave a comment below. And I just am so grateful for you, uh, listening to my story and thank you so much. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support, please share it with others, uh, post about it on your social media or leave me a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe and, uh, Catch me here with some more mama messages and my Empowered Mama segments coming very soon. I'm interviewing some amazing mamas. um, So those interviews will be posted very soon. So just be on the lookout. Uh, I will definitely also include my social media links below. And I look forward to seeing you all here again.